Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On this episode of Sound Reasoning, we have a special treat. Uh, We have a special guest uh, with us, and uh, her name is Jill Martin Ritchie. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Did I pronounce the last name correct? Yes, you did. And uh, Jill, would you let our listeners know who you are and uh, what ministry you're involved in? Uh, Yes, I am the eldest daughter of Dr. Walter Martin, the original Bible Answer Man and author of The Kingdom of the Cults. And we are following in his footsteps with Religious Information Network, and that includes... Walter Martin Ministries, which is at waltermartin.com. And uh, God gave us an FM radio station a few years ago, and we call that WAJC, and also called The Remnant. So that's what we've been doing lately. Excellent. I am so excited. Um, I didn't have a chance to meet Dr. Martin personally, but his legacy lives on when I first started my ministry of course, I read the classic Kingdom of the Cults. I also had the Jehovah of the Watchtower, which helped me prepare and witness into uh, Jehovah Witnesses. Mm-hmm. So I am just thankful to God that his legacy and his ministry is still going on through you, the family, and those that work in your organization. So thank you so much for being on this episode. Thank you for having me, Perseus. Now, my first question is, um, I ran across a recent book by Dr. Martin. It was called The Kingdom of the Occult. Initially, I thought it was a new cover for the original Kingdom of the Cult, but it was The Kingdom of the Occult. So tell me how this book came about. Well, my father had always talked about writing The Kingdom of the Occult, uh, where he would focus on, you know, take things from his lectures and focus on teaching about hidden or secret things with their power rooted in the occult. And that's what the word occult means, comes from the Latin word occultus. And, of course, those hidden or secret things, that secret power, comes from Satan. So he had talked for a long time about that. And just, you know, there was so much going on with the kingdom of the cults, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Scientology, and he was receiving so much spiritual warfare in the middle of so much Mm. spiritual warfare from that, that it just never came about that he was able to put together the book, The Kingdom of the Occult. Right, right. 
And just a few years ago, um, you know, someone approached me about doing it. And, you know, Perseus, you know how it is. You always want to be very careful. You never want to step into the world of the occult right? With, you know, without having the Lord tell you that that's where he wants you to go. Right. And that's what happened. So I began taking my father's lectures and editing them and um, writing some new things on topics that he hadn't spoken specifically about, but that he had taught, you know, you could apply general principles and right. and you could go to, you know, a lot of other works that he had done and use that information. And then also I worked with Kurt Van Gordon, who is the founder of Utah Gospel Mission and who is also my dad's number one researcher and just a wonderful guy, great Excellent. loyal friend of the family. And we worked together on the kingdom of the occult. So it brings together my father's work and Kurt's work and my work into one volume, and it's a companion volume to the Kingdom of the Cults. Excellent, excellent. Uh, went through the book, and it has great information in it as it pertains to the world of the occults. And I recommend for all of our listeners to really get your hand on this uh, book, uh, this um, complimentary or supplemental book to the Kingdom of the Cult, and I think you will get a lot out of it. Now, if you would, why should we as Christians uh, be concerned with this uh, occultic uh, concept or the world of the occults? Well, we look at it as a, a spiritual warfare manual that's being obedient to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 says, of course, that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And so this book, The Kingdom of the Occult, gives people information right at their fingertips to answer questions on witchcraft, Wicca, uh, all kinds of things that are related to the occult, uh, Ouija boards and tea leaf reading, uh, tarot card readings, horoscopes, all those things that have um, their roots in the power and in, into satanic power. And, but it's not a dark book at all. It's really a spiritual right. warfare manual written from the perspective that we've already won. Right, right. We have, and we are to stand strong and be the church victorious, the church triumphant, and the power of Jesus Christ. So it's not a dark book. It's not a scary book. It, it teaches you how to stand and fight. Right, and that's what I appreciate about it. You're right. It is a, a book that focus on overcoming and uh, not being uh, living this defeatist attitude and surrendering to the things uh, of the of darkness. So my next question has to deal with, um, I guess, in this society, in this modern day uh, Christian society, especially in America, it seems like a lot of professed Christians have uh, a corroded view of the dangers that the Bible warns us about. And this uh, view of tolerating certain uh, acts and certain uh, things that we do, uh, I would assume uh, has led many to go into this world of the occult uh, because their their sensitivity was not that high. So have you um, experienced that through the research that you've done? in terms of uh, people being caught up in the world of the occults because they saw it as something innocent? Yes. People 
people uh, often think that they can combine uh, the world of the occult with Christian beliefs. For example, uh, my husband Kevin knows someone who, very wonderful girl, uh, very kind. Um, she professes to be a Christian, but she does horoscope readings mm. every day, and now she's branching out to do readings for other people. Mm. And he had a talk with her about this, and she just does not feel they're, they're incompatible. Mm. She, she thinks that there's nothing wrong with it. And this you find a lot right. out, out there because, of course, you know, our culture preaches tolerance. The Hindu teachings have so invaded right. our culture right. that it's all about tolerance. You know, oh, well, you know, I may not agree with that, but right. if, if it's okay for you, that's fine. But that's completely the opposite, of course, what Scripture teaches. Right. And so you do have people who think it's okay to become involved in these things, or they run into, say, some kind of uh, strange phenomenon or ghost-type activity in a house, and they think it's fine to, you know, bring in a Ouija board mm. or, you know, start trying to talk to it or bring in psychics or, or bring in ghost hunters like on TV. Mm. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and have them try to talk to these poor lost spirits. Well, that, of course, is a lie. There are no poor, lost right. spirits. There is no young bride who fell down the stairs or was pushed down the stairs <laughs> right. by her husband on her wedding night. These are all concoctions and stories that demons or fallen angels use to try to catch our attention. Right. And those who are not strong in the faith can become caught up in this, thinking that they're doing something good when they're really endangering themselves and others. So, yeah, I think if you don't know how to fight, mm -hmm. what happens? If you don't know how to put your armor on, what happens? Right. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Right. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you shared some of those uh, testimonials. And in going through the book, there was a lot, especially uh, as I was looking at the uh, the end part of the book itself. There was a lot of testimonies about uh, different individuals getting caught up um, by thinking that this world of occult was innocent and innocuous and um, is it's just something they can get into without any type of consequences. Is there something that um, stands out that you want to share with our listeners in terms of uh, warning signs for not getting caught up in the occult? Well, I think you need to recognize what tools are out there called the tools of the occult. Mm -hmm. When you start seeing things like tea leaves or people start saying, hey, come and get your fortune read with mm -hmm. tarot cards. Mm -hmm. And you see things like um, Kabbalah out there and um, all of these things that are called the tools of the occult, crystals, um, dousing where they take the rods and they walk across the ground and the rods point down into the ground. That is rooted in occult power. Right. And you start recognizing what these things are by studying. You know, Second Timothy says we are supposed to study to show ourselves approved workmen who do not need to be ashamed, 
rightly interpreting the word of truth. Amen. We're supposed to know the scripture, right? And we're supposed to know who our enemy is, too. And you've got to um, brush up on your right. studying right. And in order to be able to defend. I mean, when you have guys go out there and fight for our country, they don't just jump into a uniform and run out and start fighting. Right. They train. Right. And then they go and fight. Well, a lot of Christians, they kind of skip the training. Right. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, they get wounded. I know because I was one of them. Right. You get wounded because you don't have the knowledge and you get caught in places where you shouldn't be. Right. Because you don't have the knowledge. So. That's what we tried to do in the kingdom of the occult. We tried to give Christians the knowledge that they needed Mm -hmm. to answer all of these things without having to go and pick up a book on witchcraft, without having to pick up a book on spells, without having to do all these things that are dangerous. We went and we looked at them and we assessed them and we brought... We did what my father did in the kingdom of the cults. We mm-hmm. took their own arguments. We took the witches' arguments. Right. We took all of these and put them in the book to explain to people what they were so that they could be quoted fairly. Right. And then we answered them from a biblical standpoint. So all the answers are there from the Bible. I appreciate that. That's a great apologetic method, um, capturing what people actually believe instead of us framing their beliefs for them, letting them explain for themselves what they right. what they embrace so that we uh, capture their words correctly. And so as, as, as I'm listening to you, um, it seems like uh, it's, it's very important that we as a church start uh, creating our, our culture or centering our culture against uh, uh, um, around Bible uh, uh, pr- principles and disciplines versus uh, worldly disciplines. And one of the things you touched on is this whole thing of syncreticism, which is trying to bring in uh, anti-Bible uh, cultures or actions and trying to mix it all up uh, within Christ. And there are just some things that the Bible talks about that we can't engage in, and God has been specific uh, with it, and that's uh, this whole thing of uh, subtly allowing uh, occultic things to come into our lives. Now, are there uh, stories that you can share with our listeners in terms of uh, families and relationships that have been scarred through uh, occultic practices? Well, there is. you see a lot of that going on in traditional religions. We have a chapter on that and talks about the um, ancient traditional African religions mm-hmm. and others uh, where they take these beliefs and they mix them up. For example, a voodoo right now in Haiti is mixed into Christian belief mm. and presented as being acceptable. And it's really uh, taking a very, very high toll on the people there. Um, they just completely mix them together, and their right. lives are broken, and right. they don't understand why they're broken. Right. Uh, and, you know, you run into that even in here in the United States. You run into it in Florida and other places, especially in the South. You run across this use of voodoo and of the old religions, the worship right. of ancestors. Right. And it's all brought into regular, everyday mm. life, and there is there doesn't seem to be any conflict in their hearts as to that. It's okay to go ahead and blend it. Well... 
as Solomon said, there is nothing new under right. the sun. Right. And this is what happened. This is what was happening in the early church. Right. Back uh, back in the time of Paul, you had people in Rome and, and other places across the Roman Empire who were worshiping Isis. Right. And worshiping Mithras and all of these demons and trying to wrap them all up in a, in a nice coating of Christian teaching. And it didn't work then, and it's not going to work now. And the church has to be strong and come out against it and say, hold on a minute here. Christianity stands on its own. Amen. It is completely separate completely different, and there was nothing that ever came into the ancient religious world that was like Christianity, and that's why it transformed the Roman Empire and people's lives. Amen, and you're so right and accurate. I even uh, think about uh, Paul and his dealings in Ephesus with the cult goddess Artemis and Mm -hmm. how uh, he had to make a clear decision line between what's acceptable and what's not acceptable uh, once you become a Christian. So what you're saying is so true. So what words of advice uh, would you give those that may find themselves caught up or entrapped in the world of the occult? What can they do? Or there may be a family member listening. What can they do to try to assist their loved one? Well, I think, first of all, and I think my father said this beautifully, too, is you have to remember that these are people. You know, they're people that God loves very much. Right. And that your enemy is not the person. Mm. It's the teaching. It's the doctrine. It's right. the, you know, the evil that they have been caught up in, taken captive. Right. To do his will is what the scripture says, taken captive to do the will of the evil one. And so you have to recognize that these people cannot see Hmm. what it is you're trying to tell them. And the only way to get through to them is to be loving, to know what you are talking about so that they can respect your arguments, to respect their right to believe it, and they can choose to believe it, um, and to pray that the Holy Spirit will set them free because he is the only one who mm, can do it. That's right. So I am not, you know, you, you sometimes you see people who get a little too um, zealous. Right. And they go up against, you know, they meet somebody who, they, you know, say the person says they're a Satanist, and they just take out, you know, a baseball <laughs> bat. <laughs> right. From, you know, from answers to the Bible or whatever, from the Bible, and they just beat them over the head with it. And that is not going to win the war. You might win a battle there, but you're going to lose the war because right. that person is never going to talk to you again or exactly. want to be near any kind of Christian again. I think uh, one of my favorite stories is um, from someone who used to be a Satanist, and you know he talks about how uh, he moved to this one town, and these Christians were standing behind him in line, mm-hmm. and he, they started talking to him, and when they realized he was a Satanist, they somehow managed over the next few months to be wherever he was <laughs> when he went out in this little town. Okay. <laughs> and they were very kind to him. You know, they, they would stand and talk to him, but everywhere he turned, it seemed as if he ran into them. Mm. And 
eventually the things that they had to say to him really made a difference in his life because Mm. of the way they said it. Mm. So God is relentless, relentless love, relentless caring, and that information and that knowledge from his word that gives you the power because scripture is our greatest weapon. Amen. Amen. And I appreciate those words of consolation and only the power of God can help us uh, get out of this yoke of, uh, of, of, of oppression and, uh, and influenced by these demonic forces. And I think uh, one of the biggest tools that Satan has used in America is that, number one, not only does God not exist, that the metaphysical world is almost non-existent. Right. And so with that being the case, um, what would you share with our listeners, with those um, who may not think this is a big deal or that uh, we're spending too much time on something that we can't see and, and it's almost like a fairy tale. What would you share with these listeners? Well, I would say look at what Jesus did because in the four Gospels, uh, Jesus talked about his encounter with demons and his battles, his spiritual battles with them, and that's uh, a huge portion. In three out of the four Gospels, there is a huge amount of space set aside for spiritual warfare. Hmm. And then you go to the rest of the Bible, and it's all about spiritual warfare. So I would say go to the source, go to the Word of God. The Word of God does not minimize fighting against unseen things or satanic things, it emphasizes it. Amen. So that's the first point. The second point is look at church history. It has always been about fighting. Right. Spiritual warfare. It has always been about that. And those are the two things that I go to, the Word of God and then to the history of the church. Very, very informative. And when you look at what they both have to say, it's hard to brush aside our battles with the occult because really all the occult is is satanic power and how it shows or manifests itself in this world. Well, Jill, I want to thank you so much for sharing uh, that information dealing with the book Kingdom of the Occult. And if you would, just give our listeners uh, your website address and ministry information one more time before we conclude. Yes, you can uh, come and listen to our free listening library, and that's at waltermartin.com. And we also have articles that my father had written, excerpts from Kingdom of the Cults. And if you have any questions, you can email me there at waltermartin.com, and I would be happy to answer you. Excellent. Once again, this is Jill Martin Ritchie, daughter of of, uh, the great Dr. Martin, uh, I mean, Dr. Walter Martin. Uh, who passed away some time ago, but his work still lives on. And we want to thank you for taking time out to share uh, your information with our listeners. And hopefully someone uh, will be helped by the information that they received today. So thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we can have you back on. Thank you, Percy.
Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a lot more. Please connect to lifeaudio.com. God bless. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hard-working pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.